0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Does Apple have a better than expected quarter? No one was excited about the iPhone 11 three months ago, but it seems to be selling well. We will find out when the market closes. Awesome. What will they say about next year? It's probably the most important thing. So it's a little bit of a a wait right now until the Fed does what they're going to do, and the Fed does what they're going to do typically 11 a.m. A little bit earlier, it'll start to leak, and you'll see the markets say, "Ooh, wasn't quite expecting that." Let's talk about some stocks that are in the news. Crocs. Do you remember Crocs? Come on. They were a fad. They were a big thing for a very small period of time in the world of footwear. They took a bite out of the footwear industry. Crocs. So is it too early? I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to drop that joke. It was about a crocodile, a baby, and tinkerbell, and uh, a pirate with a bell. And Halloween shoe collections grown by leaps and bounds over at Crocs from the ubiquitous classic slip-on clog to a range of trainer sandals and boots so Crocs just isn't about plastic sandals anymore there was a fad where you got to like maybe get a, a Pokemon pin that you'd put into your Crocs and the pins is where they'd make the money or maybe a football pin or a Raiders pin and what I'm talking about a pin like a pendant kind of thing, a charm so they've got 400 owned stores. They've got first and third-party e-commerce sites. They've got third-party retailers. They've got 630 million pairs sold since 2002. Their goods are manufactured largely in Vietnam and China. Uh-oh. He said China. Alert! Alert! So when Crocs reports, we're like, hey, um, by the way, how's China going? And guess what? Crocs just reported. Stocks trading sharply higher. And again, you can buy plastic shoes on Wall Street. I love that. Crocs expects uh, revenues 245, 255 million above market expectations. They make plasticky type of shoes. Lots of money in plasticky type shoes. Lots of landfill in plasticky type shoes, but you get the idea. Their retail channel is doing great. Half of their sales are made via wholesale. That's third-party retailers. About 30% are sold via retail channel at company stores or kiosks. 17% are sold online. Woo-hoo! And that's where we get into the money. Direct-to-consumer. Wholesale revenue grew 25.4%. E-commerce up 28%. That's robust. (laughs) A lot of what we talk about on this show is direct consumer type of ideas. Amazon said that they will now deliver Whole Foods within two hours, and I'm like, "Honey, let's get delivery. Let's stay in Netflix and chill. It's business time." Whole Foods didn't have me until they got that two hour window. Cause that's kind of like it's four o'clock. We don't have anything. What are we going to do? You could still pull it off. Last year was a transition year for Crocs getting back to Crocs. They've done a good job marketing. People love Crocs. Others consider them unstylish, but they're loved. Come as you are. Did they license Nirvana? No, but they did get a Zooey Deschanel, Natalie Dormer, Drew Barrymore, all people have been shoe-shamed for their love of Crocs. I know you're saying shoe-shamed. Shoe-shamed. Oh, my friend up in Canada? Take off, eh? She had to fly to Calgary from Toronto. And she's like moaning about it online. And she's like, oh, I got to go to Calgary. Take off, you hosers. i from the Pacific, the great Northwest, the GNW. Um, but what was interesting about it was she's flying to Calgary. She's not even getting out of the airport. She's doing a meeting in the airport, and she's flying back to Toronto. I'm like, oh, her friends started giving her grief. Why are you going to pollute the world? Why can't you just do a meeting? Why can't you just do it online? So there's flight shaming right now. And there's two ways flight shaming turns out we do more staycations and more vacations close to our home so our friends don't know that we got on a plane i know there's something called flight shaming so maybe i don't go to hawaii four times a year maybe i go two times and i i'm like oh i'm camping in the oh the wildfire country with large ticks but i don't want to be ashamed her friends were shaming her for that, that, that flight. And she's like, well, I did buy carbon offsets. So that's the other way that it can go. Travel's gonna change because of these millennials, I'm telling you. You're gonna, you're gonna buy a, a carbon offset, you're gonna do something. So, and it will change the way investing works, in my opinion. Now, again, I'm not telling you don't buy blinds. I'm not telling you like change things, but see that as a trend. And don't be silly and say, I didn't see that coming because he did. Obama laid into young people in a speech saying, yeah, you, you're politically awake. And yeah, you can call out anyone on social media. It's no longer, I'm not worried about Big Brother anymore. I'm not worried about Facebook watching me. I'm worried about my neighbors and then posting something and shaming me. Facebook just announced it's suspended accounts tied towards Putin ally for political meddling in Africa. The head of Instagram said he's frightened to death to see what could happen in the election this year. It's about a year away, so I'm going to start saying that. That's all out there today, right? Uh, Speaking about activism, you know, flight shaming, there's shoe shaming with Crocs. Hey, I'm not going to tell you what to invest in. It's none of my business. Elon Musk said he's announced a $1 million donation to a tree planting um, cause. Jack Dorsey said YouTube, Jack Dorsey says we're in and YouTube said we're in. Now what's interesting is there's something called hashtag team trees. It was a idea started by YouTuber Jimmy Donaldson, also known as Mr. Beast. That's my name. But, uh, Musk, per- that I'll donate a million trees. That's pretty cool. Sometimes you see YouTubers and influencers and you're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I have a family member who tried to start to like a how to put on makeup. I don't know. She's, she's from LA. She's trying to be an influencer. She's awful at it. But if she were to start a, a blog of how to put on makeup and plant a million trees, they might get my interest, Right. So, Musk cut word of the campaign and he loved it. He said the campaign's cool. He asked a couple questions what type of trees, where are they going to be? And he says, okay, fine, I'll donate a million trees. He, he bought in. Dorsey, Jack Dorsey did the same kind of idea 150,000 trees. I kind of, I, sometimes we see YouTube do well, right? Now, of course, we're all going to talk about it when it's horrible. Um, but Elon Musk, uh, Yesterday, he says, I don't have any money. He told a judge about the guy who suing him, the pedophile thing, where he called a, a diver from the Thai caves, a pedophile, a pedo. And he says, I'm not liquid. And next day, he's got money for a million trees. I love the idea, though, and I love millennials. And, uh... It's kind of a cool story to end on, right? Coming up, I'm going to be talking video games. Maybe Activision Blizzard has a new one out, Call of Duty. It's got a lot of Russians pissed off because it's kind of—I'll we say—Russophobia, Russo, Russophobic. Big seminar coming up. You can sign up for it in November at NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I was on a beach once and there was this guy that was so hairy walking down the water. I was like, that has to be a descendant. If not a Yeti, at least a Bigfoot. Um, AJR, check it out. Um... Plus, one of the things that they did at their concert was pretty cool. It, the digital effects are just stunning, and it's part of music, right? I, we're not buying albums. How are they making How are they making money? Not on streaming of the stuff, unless you all are Taylor Swift. Streaming doesn't pay the big dolaroos. so they got a tour. Anyhow, uh, one of the stocks that I was taking a look at during the commercial break was a company called dine dine brands because they're looking to franchise some more restaurants now you probably don't know dine brands you're like what type of name is that it's a good question it's not the easiest name to pronounce or or get into uh but i bring it up in large part because you know the company it's ihop now again how many dollars do you have to spend probably not unlimited. So sometimes you're going to have to decide on what's appropriate for you and what's not appropriate for you. I read an interesting uh, article yesterday, a blogger posted something about how he basically sold his house, made a huge profit in it, put a ton of money into stocks that pay income dividends, and he feels like, I can rent. I don't have to own a house, because I I, I had a great run. He he thinks he cashed out at the right time, but now he's actually thinking about getting back in, because he says rents continue to go higher, and my income from stocks, I I want that next leg up in equity. a little bit greedy. It worked out once. It doesn't work out every single time like that. So, Dine Equity is a publicly traded company. They own IHOP, International House of Pancakes, and Applebee's. It's the number three family-style diner behind Denny's and Waffle House. I know you're saying, holy mackerel, did Rob just tell me that Denny's is the number one family-style diner in America? I did. And Waffle House is number two. And IHOP is number three, the International House of Pancakes and Applebee's. Uh, IHOP's got 1,600 franchises that are open 24 hours a day. Chain's best known for its breakfast menu, but it also does some lunch and dinner. Applebee's, man, there's Applebee commercials. Every time I see an Applebee's commercial, I'm like, that looks actually kind of okay. I want that big old margarita. I think it's called a big old margarita. Again, as an investor, you only have so many dollars. Is Dine Brands you because they're opening up more IHOPs? Hey, there's nothing wrong with owning, owning, if that's what you want to do, it's not what I want to do though. So I throw that out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. And that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Mattel had a great quarter. I'm surprised by that because again, they're Hot Wheels and they're Barbie. And I don't think we're living in a Barbie world anymore. I think we're living in kids have phones and kids have iPads. General Electric up They've done a lot of restructuring Not my kind of company I'd rather wait to see consistent earnings Two quarters in a row Mattel, I don't like turnarounds I like the song Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of Your Heart Turn around Never know that I'm a little bit lonely jim steinman wrote that right and then yeah of course he did he did a lot of the meatloaf songs uh paradise by dashboard light he does these like super fast pop fusion kind of songs so i'm not a big turnaround guy it's not me general electric beat on top and bottom line estimates if they do another good quarter i'll be interested Johnson & Johnson said asbestos was not found in 15 tests from the same single lot of Johnson's baby powder the FDA sampled. I don't get into that. Asbestos is a bad word in the world of investing. You can see a stock go a lot lower pretty fast. Now, they're saying there was no asbestos found. I I can't invest in that. I can't tell you to. No one ever calls the show and says, "I hate you, Rob. You put me in the worst stock ever." Yum Brands missed that earnings expectations. So they're down today. I think that could be a buying opportunity. Other than the fact that I don't have to own Yum Brands because I own a different restaurant stock. Yum Brands is Taco Bell, Taco Bell. But Yum Brands is also um, other brands like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now again, Grubhub's helping those guys, right? They're getting more orders, but they're not. I, I, it's just not my restaurant stock. I, I admire Taco Bell from afar. Mattel—they beat on top and bottom line estimates. CFO Joseph Utenawa is going to step down after six months, so there's going to be a transition where he's like, "I'm ready to go." Nordstrom was downgraded to sell from neutral at UBS price target of thirty. Again, in world of retail. You go Amazon. If that's not your cup of tea, you go Target. If that's not your cup of tea, what do you do? Do you go as far as Nordstrom's or Macy's? Eh, eh not me. Japan's September retail sales up 9% year-over-year. Impressive. Australia's new home sales up 5.7%. Asian automakers reported sharp year-over-year decreases in profit. Less consumption trends in China on cars some fascinating stuff, isn't it? I love my job and I, I appreciate you letting me do it. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'll take a look at today's big movers and shakers tonight and see what was the story and their opportunities in earnings season. Right now, there's so many companies posting numbers. Sony and Simon Properties and Southern Company and Total and uh, Tupperware. You could invest in Tupperware or you could invest in Crocs. They both make plastic stuff. Do you invest in plastic? I don't know. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up in November. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. Use code radio25. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I want to talk briefly about video games because there's a big investment at the end of this story or the end of this idea. You got to stick with me though, okay? First and foremost, my job is to figure out what's going to happen in the next year or two years. It's kind of weird for me to say that. I try to see where things are going, not where things have been. The problem is a lot of people live in a very static world that's very linear when really investing is about like, the big onion and peeling the layers. Audiences around the United States have embraced video services like Netflix. Netflix is having a big day today after having a bad two or three months. We're getting more and more used to things to do digitally. Kind of our collective attentions are getting rewired a little bit because of on-demand video. But yet we love to share things. A Super Bowl party is way better than watching the Super Bowl by yourself. Jeopardy is way better when you kick butt at Jeopardy and you watch it with your friends versus watching it with yourself. When I'm with friends and you're watching Jeopardy, don't you automatically go like you put a little beep, 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 beep thing in your hand, right? A little buzzer and you're, you're trying to like show like I, I could be on the show. It's more fun. Movies are funnier when you see something about Mario and it's packed theater and everyone's laughing their head off. When you see a horror movie in a movie theater and everyone's scared, it's, it's more entertaining. Sporting events, it's tough to watch by yourself, but maybe that's the thing you do. So doing media with other people is a big thing. And it goes back, in my opinion, to the man landing on the moon. At that point in time, when man landed on the moon, they televised it, I think, or something like that. And people watched it together. I remember my parents rolled. I wasn't alive. I was alive, but barely. But they told the story that they rolled the TV out into the yard with an extension cord so they could look at the moon while a man was landing on the moon. Generation X witnessed the end of MASH, which was the biggest television event ever because the show was on for, like, ever millennials got together and watched the ending of game of thrones we like to do things together now let's jump to the idea a couple of weeks ago fortnite had a blackout a black hole they were trying to figure out how do we end this game this season with something spectacular and the whole world got sucked into a black hole simultaneously what's fascinating about this is four and a half million people on youtube watched it a million and a half on twitch watched a black hole which is exactly what it sounds like in a video game it's a screen that's black a little bit of music was coming out of it not much but we did it collectively so i think that's the thing that's important here Fortnite space bound event not nearly as culturally important as landing on the moon, and yet it's arguably much more so- sophisticated, technic- technically speaking. And it was executed flawlessly on the PlayStation, on Wi-Fi tablets, on mobile phones, on the Xbox, on the PC. All the access models, they all worked with the in-game engine, with the Twitter videos, with the Twitch broadcasts. So millions of people could participate in Fortnite season X end of season through various channels. and I think that's the investment thought here. A couple of years ago I left a hockey game, let's say at 11 o'clock. I roll into the hotel lot, uh, parking lot and there's like a hundred people in a park. They were watching they're playing Pokemon Go collectively. Twitch plays Pokemon in which hundreds of thousands of Twitch viewers played Pokemon together. Hugo One Interactive. They had a Grand Theft Auto 5 speed run in which viewers tried to stop one player from making the run. He got in the game and you tried to, to mess up his, his shtick. Reddit. is a uh, Reddit place is a place where people can collectively create art. This extra mile that we've talked about in the past... Is, I think, changing ever so slightly to game engine technologies, video streaming, web ubiquity, um, choose your own adventure-style interactive TV series. You know, Netflix has got Bandersnatch or You Versus the Wild, where you're starting to get a little more interactive with the program. Stories predetermined on demand and yours alone, eh, consequences hit you. So the future to me is in the form, and I was talking with my producer yesterday about this, is we've seen some collective experiences fail, and we've seen some collective experiences kind of sneak past us. Do you remember HQ Trivia? We were talking about that two years ago, nonstop. I won HQ Trivia, and I got 32 cents because we were playing collectively with other people around the world. Now, HQ Trivia couldn't figure out the optimal format to keep people engaged, whereas I think Fortnite is doing it. In Japan, VTubers or virtual YouTubers interact with their audience, hosting concerts and TV shows online with realistically rendered humans. Now, again, realistically rendered humans? So, Fortnite started something completely different. It struck lightning in a bottle. Um, it switched to the Battle Royale format and the new version after the black hole ended, it came out and had better graphics, smoother graphics, little bit. Uh, it's a platform that they can build off. They've already got the established YouTubers and influencers and Twitters and tweeters and, and Twitchers and they, they have it. How many people watched the black hole? Six million. And they did it together. Like you, you can go watch, go YouTube and Google uh, Black Hole Twitch. You'll see like two guys go, Oh where did it go? It's not one guy, it's two guys. That's one of the reasons I, I'm a little bit spooked about virtual reality. Is I don't know how that, if, if it's gonna be a headset that's on our head, how collective is that? We're not, like if, if Zach comes over to watch the Super Bowl and we're like, hey, let's get to the 50 yard line, put on your virtual headset. And then suddenly it's two dudes sitting on a couch with big big binocular-like things on their head. That's just going to be weird. But if it does put us in the front row, maybe that's interesting. Like I said, I just saw AGR in concert not that long ago. And uh, the kids want to go again. But I think they're off to Europe. So the only way we'd be able to do it is virtual reality. So again, watch some of these trends. I'm not kidding you. It's easier than you think. And I I think we're moving in that direction. So, Joel Greenblatt is a value investor, and he expects the esports industry to continue to grow like crazy, but said the infrastructure needs to be in place to support the audience, boom, that will come with it. Now, he's value. He's not talking about growth. He's talking about growth, and he's value like, whoa. Whoa. The size of the sports audience and the gaming industry as a whole has left many league operators and publishers like racing to keep up with new content and programming. And that's why Epic is so impressive with, with Fortnite. They're able to figure out how to get this all out there. And if you watch Saturday Night Live this weekend, there was a skit about League of Legends turning ten years old and how they they did it. They're like they they kind of made it into an ESPN parody broadcast. Two guys going, "Oh, let's let's take a look at the big action tournament today." And you're like, "Is it football? Is it is it hockey? What is it?" And it was a bunch of kids playing League of Legends. It's a pretty funny skit because they're ultimately in shock that this is actually a sporting event that they're covering. The rising hype surrounding esports has presented the industry with a big hurdle, scalability. Digital-based lifestyle that we're all seeming to enjoy now. A company called Vindex is trying to step into it, according to Joel Greenblatt. He expects Vindex in a position to meet the demand and solve the problem of playing esports of scalability. I haven't heard of Vindex. I want to. Size of esports audience and the gaming industry as a whole has left a lot of league operators and publishers like racing to keep up with new content for programming. One of my exes, how do I say this? Okay, I know a person that was a an attorney, a successful attorney, worked in technology attorney, and he's now a commissioner of an esports league on the East Coast. And I know you're like, whoa, what? Huh? The global video game industry is projected to generate more than $150 billion in revenue this year. Esports viewership is growing 15% year on year. It's hit 454 million global viewers in 2019. By 2021, that number is expected to be 645. I'm sorry. I'm in. I have to figure out an investment here, whether it's something as simple as AMD, NVIDIA, Whether it's something is Sony or Microsoft Or Take-Two or Activision Or Electronic Arts I tend to not like Electronic Arts Because their big games are Madden And they're, they're like You recently saw the NCAA has won a case No, 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 no California has basically said NCAA athletes have to be paid for their likenesses We'll see if that goes into effect. I doubt it. The NCAA makes a ton of money and they don't like sharing it. But what's important about that is electronic arts has to pay the NFL. So I'm out on that. I will be more interested in Activision because a lot of their properties, intellectual property, they're not doing licensing deals. Uh, Take two, they've got Red Dead Redemption coming to the PC. Let's see how many hundreds of millions of dollars that makes. So anyway... um, Vindex has a great base. Start looking into it. Vindex announced they had acquired an esports company called Next Generation Esports. They've launched a second company called Esports Engines. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black's show. Big seminar. Sign up for it at NewFocusFinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW Radio app. Don't be shy, ladies and gentlemen. We got a lot to talk about. Halloween is here. It's a spooktacular event, right? This is
0: Halloween, this is Halloween.
1: Be smart today, okay? Uh, First and foremost, it used to be fun living in New York City and Halloween because you'd see people limping down the road with an axe and you're like, I wonder if this is the beginning of the end, but things are so cleaned up these days. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Halloween and how much we actually spend. It is a very spooky calendar day. Um, I can tell you that we spend too much. It's a little bit out of control, if you know what I'm saying. So a couple of things that we spend on, about $86.27 is what the average American will spend. It's an $8.8 billion holiday. If you go full on with all the traditional trappings of Halloween, your spending will jump up to $321. Now, that includes some stuff like uh, cards. Uh, it's a big holiday. People send each other uh, greeting cards. But kids' costumes come in at about $46, almost $47 for two. Um, to give you an idea, that's a lot of money, right? Well, you're on a budget if you're on a budget. We're going to spend about $3.2 billion this year dressing up as other characters. Now, that includes, like, Game of Thrones and other things, Right. Cosplay is a thing. Most popular costumes for kids this year: Spider Man. Spider Man does whatever Spider can for the girls, the lady in your life. Little dress up as Jasmine from Disney's Aladdin. Uh, uh, uh. I don't know about that, right? Uh, adult costumes. We spend a little bit more money than the kiddies do. They're spending about $23.50 for a costume. We spend about $45 as adults. About a third of Americans plan to throw or attend a Halloween party this year. That means a whole lot of spending on costumes. Um, If you want to dress up as Levin from Netflix's television show, Stranger Things, it's going to cost you about $54 according to the retail outlets. If you want to be Police Chief Hopper, about $60 if you bought a branded costume. Oh my my my. In a number that I simply can't believe, if it weren't from Nerf the National Retail Foundation, I wouldn't believe it. The average cost of a pumpkin, $3.42. I don't believe that. It feels like it's like $6, 7, 8 at least. What do you What? 44% of Americans are planning to carve a pumpkin this year. Okay, okay. Uh, according to the NERF, the National Retail Foundation, that's uh, about $3.50 for the gourd of the year, which is way down from last year's $6.16. Why were pumpkins so expensive last year? You could think Starbucks. For pushing the holiday a little bit further, pumpkins are needed for everything from pies and muffins to savory soups and casseroles. Yummy. Uh, A bowl. If you're one of those people who has a really cool Halloween bowl that's all ceramic and and different and you only use it one day a year, they are going to run you about 20 bucks, right? Basic decorations around your house, nothing spectacular, nothing spectacular. $27. Three out of four of Americans are planning to buy decorations. $2.7 billion on this holiday for decorating things like posable skeletons. Are you with me against me? They're posable, but they're never quite as nice as you want them to. Now, the people who go all out on Halloween and you know who you are, an interactive decoration is going to run you about $78. Some sort of interactive prop that will terrify anyone passing by with sudden lights, loud noises. A skeleton with lights and sounds on it. Twenty bucks. A human-sized skeleton that screams, rattles, and shakes, and does flashlights anytime people walk by. Hundred and sixty bucks. Now, here's the one that I just I, I love. I love it. I love it. Pet costumes. Americans will spend eleven dollars and forty-one cents on Fido this year to dress them up as an animal. Uh, dress them up as probably a R two D two or something along those lines. <laughs> Americans live with 76.8 million dogs and 58.3 million cats and our furry pals like to get dressed up for Halloween. Um go to Instagram, go to Pinterest today at lunchtime, maybe at a break, you have a cup of coffee and you'll just you'll love it like seeing a, a dog dressed up as a simple lion. Oh, it's so cute. Or a bumblebee or a princess. Now, eh. The thing i kind of love about this and it just keeps going back to halloween is a fun fantasy night where we get a little bit of escapism i'm sure there'll be some donald trump's knocking on your door tonight right but like uh i'll see a disney i'll see a toy story character i'll see woody i'll go hey, little boogie boogie. you want some candy and, go, and he's dressed up as woody from toy story and in my head i'm not going oh how cute I'm going, Disney's making money, hand over foot. I I kind of hate admitting this, but recently I've started watching horror movies in the middle of the night when I can't sleep, or when I just get up too early. Sometimes I go to bed super early, and I, I get up super early, and that's never a good thing. So, uh, Just watching some of the classic Halloweens and some of the classic Friday the 13th, and you quickly learn, like, these were awful things, they are awful, awful. Um, But, yeah, DVDs, Netflix... Uh, that's a cost of Halloween in theory, if you can totally get into it. Do you remember the old scare fests and going out on Halloween's uh, hay rides and things like that? It's an expensive holiday is all I want to get at. And, again, make sure you max out your 401k long before you do this. It is a great holiday. And since, like I said, it's, it's a lot of escapism, and who doesn't love to dress up? Uh, but it is a big do ray me to the tune of $321 if you go all in. And $8.8 billion for the United States. Not too shabby. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up. You can learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.
0: Have you wondered how the banks make all their money? Have you ever wanted to be on the bank side of the deal? At Pacific Private Money, their clients are doing just that. For almost a decade, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments, earning returns of 7.5% or more secured by Bay Area real estate at conservative values. As most baby boomers know, it's important to earn consistent, above-market returns on their savings and retirement accounts. Let's face it, most of us are not on track to achieve the level of retirement income we'll need to fund the lifestyle we want. High-yield alternative investment strategies like Pacific Private Money's mortgage-backed investments, might be just the thing you need to boost the income in your retirement accounts. Annual yields of 7.5% and more are not uncommon using these simple strategies. Join the thousands of Bay Area residents who have learned one of the best-kept secrets in investing. For more information, call them at 415-883-2150 or visit their website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. KDOW Palo Alto San Jose and K237GZ San Francisco. The Bay Area's business leader. A service of Salem Media Group.